0: welcome to spouses of light i'm david and i'm lisa
1: and this is a podcast where we play every final fantasy game starting with one and talk about it together in this penultimate episode of season four Ooh. we're going to do some side quests uh-huh and go to the moon
0: the moon you say
1: the moon i say
0: Ooh. but before that yes any final fantasy updates i have one update Ooh, what's your update well now that it's june Final Fantasy 16 comes out this month! Whoa! This month! Yes!
1: So that means that this month we're going to have two big Final Fantasy things. We're going to have the party for the pre-release and then the actual release of the game.
0: Yes! Woo woo! As of time of recording, or I guess date of recording, we are three weeks out from the game. Woo woo! Yep.
1: Alright, anything else you want to talk about? Mm, nope. Then let's dive back in. Alright. We're going to start by doing a bunch of side quests. Our first side quest is going to be heading to...
0: The Cave of Summons.
1: The Cave of Summons. What does the Cave
0: of Summons look like, Lisa? So we're in the Underworld, if you remember, and the Cave of Summons is like a microcosm of the Underworld, where it's all red and oranges, and there's lava, and the floor is like graded. The walls are like a red color with a tannish brown webbing around them. It's kind of gross looking, but you know, it's whatever. There you go. Mm -hmm.
1: So we've got enemies here. Mm -hmm. A bunch of new ones. We've got Arachne.
0: So Arachne is what she sounds like. She's a spider lady. Her bottom half is tarantula, I think. We can only see six legs, but I'm, I'm sure there's eight there. She's wearing like a pink bikini top. And she's got blonde hair that turns into like pink and purple at the end. It's actually pretty cool hair.
1: Mm -hmm. There's the Summoner.
0: The Summoner is the same sprite as the Puppeteer. This is the third time you've seen this sprite. This time it has like red skin and a red tunic with a purple shawl. The Warrior. The Warrior is a generic looking soldier. He's got silver with like a purple tint to it, armor and a big old sword.
1: The Mini Satana.
0: Mini Satana is the same sprite as, like, the Imp. They're the ones that look like a stereotypical devil with the horns and everything. These guys are red with gray-black wings and yellow claws and horns.
1: And the Bloody Eye.
0: The Bloody Eye is our scary Mike Wazowski friend. This one is orange body with green wings.
1: There's some chests in here, too. There's two high potions, three phoenix downs, two ethers, a cottage, three bestiaries, 11,000 gill, And something we need for our other side
0: quest? The rat tail?
1: The rat tail.
0: Yeah. It's a pretty good cave for
1: loot. And so when we walk in to start, Rydia says,
0: I passed through here when I left the Land of Summons. Perhaps we should go ask Leviathan for help.
1: So basically, we're going to work our way through the cave. And if we do, we get to the Land of Summons and we can talk to Leviathan.
0: Yeah, I was not that smart when I first entered here. I was like oh I need to go talk to Leviathan and I left thinking that Leviathan was elsewhere and I wandered a lot and then I mentioned it to you and you're like no he's in the cave and I was like oh the
1: cave is the portal to the land of summons
0: yep so then I went back
1: (laughs) so one thing that you mentioned is that there's lots of lava in this cave which is a, a trope we've seen before in our Final Fantasy games where the floor is lava and we get hurt every time we step on it and we go ow 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 ow
0: yep But
1: there's a workaround in this game. What can we do to stop from being hurt?
0: Yes, our white magic casters, for me it was Rosa, learns float. And if we cast that on our party, we get a little wing icon next to each party member in the menu screen. And it allows you to not step on the lava and get hurt. Yep. Which is good for this cave and then also another cave later.
1: Yep. And one nice thing about that also is that when you're in battle and you've had. Float casts on you. You hover a little bit, and it's very cute.
0: Yeah, as I say, the downside is you have to cast it on every floor you go to. Yeah, it doesn't just stay there. I learned that the hard way Mm. the first time around. But yeah,
1: yeah, I was gonna say. So of course there has to be a downside. Yep, you nailed it perfectly. You work your way through the cave. There's really not much else to the cave other than the items we talked about in the fights. You just work your way through, Mm -hmm. and then you make it to the land of
0: summons. Yeah. The land of summons looks like a giant tree house where each level you can kind of see down to the one below and there's, I mean, there's stairs in between, not a tree, but it's this, it's the idea of open floor plan, if you will, but each floor is actually open and yeah.
1: Very cool. There's an inn here that costs 1,200 gill a night.
0: 1,200 gill? Yep. Dang. No, thank you. <laughs> I've got high potions. <laughs>
1: I paid it twice, so it was worth it to me. There you but go. I also had a ton of gills, so I didn't care. Yeah. There's also a bunch of gear here that actually was better than what I had, so I bought some gear.
0: Nice. I was scared at first walking around because there's a bunch of little monster sprites around, but it turns out those are just different summons, and mm-hmm. they all know Ridia. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and they're all so excited to see her. They're all like, Rydia, we're so glad you're back. You should stay here forever. Mm-hmm. We love you. Mm-hmm. And then they notice us.
0: Yeah, and they're very much like, why'd you bring humans here? You shouldn't bring humans here. And the one's like, well, we trust Rydia, so you guys must be okay. And
1: a couple are like, we just
0: want to live at peace. Leave us alone. Yep, and I wanted to be like,
1: I'm not here for you. It's very much a... When they're even like, don't bring humans, it's not like they look down on us. It's that they're scared of us. It's Mm. that they're, hey, eek, ook, humans are going to hurt us. We just want to live in peace. Leave us alone, please. Yeah. There is also a library here. So you know that the land of summons is awesome because it has a giant library.
0: Yeah. And library means lore.
1: (laughs) And we have lore on all the summons.
0: Whoa. Whoa.
1: So in the library, we've got about a dozen books, it looks like. We're just going to alternate reading books to you right now. The first one is Titan, Shaker of the Earth. Titan's power rips through the earth, tearing open an abyss so wide as to swallow any and
0: all. These books are going to be very much like Pokemon descriptions, like flavor text, not so much. Here's some interesting backstory or something. (laughs) Ifrit, Spawn a Flame. Sorry, we know now from 16 that I I still say that wrong. It's Efreet. Efreet's flame has the power to incinerate all in its path.
1: Rama, the good elder. Rama's wrath calls forth dark clouds that condemn enemies with bolts of lightning.
0: Shiva, queen of ice. Those who anger Shiva will be instantly transformed into a statue of ice.
1: Chocobo, the cutest of all summons and the first to flee from battle.
0: Only those with great physical and mental strength may enter the cave that leads to the world of humans.
1: It is said that there are other forms of summon magic that still lie undiscovered.
0: Summon magic, a type of magic used to call forth monsters in times of need. Only a few still hold this power.
1: Laws of the land of summons. True strength lies only in the souls of the righteous, and one must prove their worth to attain it.
0: Sylphs, kindly creatures... When they combine their power, they can unleash their true strength.
1: The King of Summons! The ruler of the vast ocean, he appeared one day from the northern sea. His powers are without equal in this
0: land. Asura, Queen of Summons. She guards the path that leads to her husband, the King of Summons. Only those who surpass her power may behold the King's true form.
1: If Scan fails to indicate the nature of a monster, you may wish to consult the Bestiary.
0: Summons, monsters, humans. What happened in the past? What does the future hold? Life is an eternal mystery.
1: <laughs> long, long ago, a giant whale descended to Earth from the moon. Presently, it is in a deep sleep within the dragon.
0: The heck does that mean?
1: <laughs> it's the lunar whale.
0: I know, but asleep within the dragon? Alright. The god of summons created us and watches over us from afar, never having known defeat. Perhaps the only way to defeat him is to reflect his own strength against him. Hint, Mm -hmm. hint, hint.
1: Two moons. In the ancient sky, the two moons were one. So it is written. So say we all. So say we all. So also hanging out here in the land of summons is a human, not human. Namingway is here.
0: (laughs) Namingway has to be inhuman. The fact that
1: he is everywhere all at once. And you can tell that the land of summons is super civilized because the royal chamber is on the basement floor of the library. Mm -hmm. You don't need a separate castle, just a hall of knowledge. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I like libraries.
0: (laughs) Me too. We are warned, you know, by both the book and by a few people who are in and around the library that you can't get to the king without going through the queen. Did you try walking up to the old man that was next to the queen or did you go straight to the queen? Straight to the queen. Okay.
1: I read and so I do what I'm supposed to do.
0: Okay. I also read and do what I'm supposed to do except when I'm playing a game and they give me the freedom to do other stuff without real world consequences. (laughs) So I walked up to who I presumed was the king first because he's standing right next to the queen and he goes... Who, me? I'm just an old dude. You should talk to the queen. And it was very funny because I just imagine, you know, a guy dressed like the king sitting next to the queen and trying to pretend like I am unimportant. Ha ha ha. Like, (laughs) made me chuckle. Nice. But then I go talk to the queen. And Rydia says, Queen Asura, Rydia, dear, what brings you back to us? We need your help. Very well. But first you must prove your worth. That is the way of things here. Do you possess the strength and courage to challenge me? Let us begin the test.
1: And we have a boss fight against Asura.
0: Mm-hmm. She looks like a figure from like Thailand or like India, maybe. She's got several arms and a really cool headpiece. It's gold. She's got a sword in one of the arms. One of the arms holds a dagger and then she's wearing like an orangey yellow bodysuit with white grey like linen pants. I don't know. And she's sitting crisscross applesauce.
1: And she's got three faces.
0: Yes. Sorry, I forgot that part. So her normal face, and then a face of like a red a reddish face that's angry, and then a bluish gray face that's also angry.
1: <laughs> and it's a long, grindy fight against her, but eventually she goes down. Mm-hmm. And she says you have proven your worth, Ridia. You may summon me whenever you desire. And Rydia has learned Asura. Woohoo! So Asura is a spell that affects your whole team. Mm-hmm. And it will randomly cast either Protect on Everybody or Curaga or Life. Mm-hmm. So it's a nice little potential buff slash heal slash res tool.
0: And see, I was going to go, so she's worthless. <laughs>
1: Because if it's not damage, it doesn't matter?
0: No, if if I don't know what it is, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Like, if I, if if everyone's alive and I really need curing or shielding, but she casts life, it's a wasted turn. And a lot of wasted MP. There you go. So, she is a summon I will never use.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I left and went and healed up after this fight. Because it was long and grindy and I want my MP for the King of Summons. Mm-hmm. Same. And... Unlike you, I was willing to pay for it. (laughs) Then I come back, and I come to the King of Summons.
0: And what does he say, now that you've defeated the Queen?
1: You are the first to defeat Asura, but you cannot overcome evil with strength alone. A strong spirit is required to steer one's powers toward righteousness. Will you test your spirit against mine?
0: And we fight Leviathan! Leviathan! And Leviathan looks like Leviathan usually looks. It's a long sea wormy dragon. He's bluish purple with like a red face. This fight has a cool mechanic to it. And it's similar to the rug in the oval office where if the eagle is facing towards the olive branch, we're at peace. But if it's facing the arrows, we're at war. When its head is turned towards your party, you can attack it and do damage. And when the head turns away is when it's more, its defense is higher. Oh, I did
1: not realize that. I just smashed it all the time.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, it <laughs> it did it did have two modes going back and forth.
1: I just noticed that every time it looked at me, it cast tidal wave, which mm. was its main like damage source. Yep. And every time it didn't look at me, it didn't cast tidal wave. That was all I got. Gotcha. Um, that's interesting though about the defense. This one I just said was a longer and grindier fight than with Asura, but it was also easier. He didn't hit nearly as hard as she did to single targets. Most mm. his biggest hit was uh AoE one, and Kiraga cancelled it out. So yes. it was literally just he tidal waves, I Kiraga, fight, fight, fight. Yeah. So i wish I'd still had Kane at this point. Um, so I was glad I warned you about that. But yes. it just took a lot longer because I didn't have another damage source in Kane. But lightning hit really hard against him. Rama would do lots of damage. Nice. And a Spark from Edge would do some good damage. Mm,
0: okay. So it was nice. I was just using Edge for auto attacks. There
1: you go. And so after he goes down, he says, Indeed, your spirit is righteous. I, Leviathan, king of summons, shall serve you.
0: Ridia has learned Leviathan.
1: Yay! And that's all we have here in the line of summons. Yep. So you can leave.
0: Mm-hmm. You could teleport out so you know there's nothing else to do there.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. And so we head to our next side quest area and that's the Sylvan Cave. Mm-hmm. What does the Sylvan Cave look like, Lisa?
0: The Sylvan Cave looks just like the Summoner Cave, except the color scheme is different. Mm-hmm. So this one has a green wall and green... Liquid, and it's got a blue netting over it. Blue grates all over the floor. And then there's acid puddles instead of lava puddles.
1: And this is the worst, the worst, the worst dungeon to date.
0: Yeah, I gave up on it, so I didn't even finish it.
1: (laughs) And that is because our enemies here are the Tiny Toad. Tiny Toads
0: are little purple frogs. And they go with... The Bog Witch. And the Bog Witch is a witch, I presume... She is coming at you with a scythe in her hand, and she summons the toads. If you don't kill her quick enough and you kill the toads, she will summon more.
1: The Evil Dreamer.
0: The Evil Dreamer is also purple. It's the same flamey face with a tongue coming out demon thing. Mammon. Mammon is the scary snow white tree. It is a dark purple color with a teal light inside. Malboro. Malboro? Looks awful, and I hate it.
1: Is that all you're going to give us?
0: Okay, fine. It is a giant green thing. It, you know what? It kind of looks like Audrey 2 from Little Shop of Horrors. It's got a huge mouth. It's got green vine tentacle things all over it. There's no eyes or anything. It's just a mouth and tentacles.
1: And then the Undergrounder.
0: The Undergrounder is the centipede sprite we've seen before. He is purple on top and orangey brown underneath.
1: So yeah, this cave is the worst... Because of the Marlboros. Mm -hmm. The Marlboros have bad breath. Yeah. We've engaged them in other Final Fantasy games. They will be in every Final Fantasy game as far as I can remember. And they suck. I hate them. I hate them so much. They are the worst enemy of any Final Fantasy enemy.
0: Of the basic ones, at least.
1: I'm still sticking with what I said. (laughs) They are my least favorite Final Fantasy
0: enemy. I hate Marlboros. (laughs) I'm looking them up real quick. So they first appear in Final Fantasy Two. They're not in Three, and then they're in Four, not in Five, and then Six onward. Let's see: Six, Seven, Eight, Nine, Ten, Ten, Two, Eleven, Twelve, Thirteen, Fourteen, Fifteen. Yeah. So they're in Two, Four, Six, and then Seven onward.
1: So they're not in One, Three, Five. Yep. Everything else.
0: So enjoy the next game <laughs> while it lasts, because the last time you won't have them. Yep. We should explain the bad breath is not just a comical like, haha they have bad breath. And that's gross. It turns you into a frog. It confuses you. It silences you. It blinds you. Any combination of those things. Like, it's just awful. It's the worst. All the status effects. Yeah. I mean, luckily, Esuna will cure all of them. If you don't need to use individual items to heal each individual thing. But it's still annoying.
1: Yep. Unless your people with Esuna are the ones that got silenced, then you gotta at least use something to remedy them. Yes. Okay, so we've also got some chests though, to be fair. There's the bestiary, the angel arrow, the maiden's kiss, two high potions, a fairy rod, an elven bow, a cottage, one K and Gill, an ether, a soma drop, a golden apple, an Arctic Wind, and an elixir. So some pretty good stuff in this cave, to be fair.
0: Yeah, but you gotta earn
1: it. You do have to earn it. But you also get treated to something if you make your way all the way down to the bottom. You have earned a nice little cutscene in Revelation. Mm-hmm. So you get all the way to the bottom and you enter the
0: Sylvan Cottage.
1: Mm-hmm. What's the sylvan, co- the sylvan Cottage look like, Lisa?
0: It looks like a, a very simple fantasy-esque cottage it's white with tan details and like a little little wood a little window and wood floors and yeah basic cottage and inside there are some sylphs and Um, the sylphs look like what tinkerbell yep like just full-on fairies they're blonde with with like buns on top of their head and green outfits and everything very cute and so the sylphs Have found a man and have brought him into their cottage
1: and he is lying in bed. He won't wake up and they refuse to give him over. Mm Mm-hmm. And they have... They kind of spoil the surprise by saying like,
0: we won't hand
1: blank over. And in the chest, there's two weapons from him, a cat's claw and a hell claw.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. That sounds familiar.
1: Who could it be, Lisa? It's Yang. And he says, dot, 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 as he is
0: sleeping. Yeah, he won't wake up no matter how many times you interact with him.
1: They've been taking care of him, but he's yet to reawaken. Yep. We just get to walk upstairs and there's a passageway back up into the Underworld, so we don't have to work our way through the cave to get out again.
0: Yep, again. Or we could have teleported because there's nothing else to do. Yep. There's one more side quest that
1: we can do in the Underworld, Mm -hmm. and that involves going back to Coco Smithy. Yes. Now that we've got the Falcon, we can go... Underworld and Overworld, now that we've gone to the land of summons and have the rat tail, we fly back up and go to...
0: Adamant Cave.
1: Yep. We go back to the Adamant Cave, and we get the Adamantite. Yeah. So we walk up to the mini guy, and he doesn't really talk to us much. He just says, give me the tail, and he gives us the ore. And then so we fly back down to
0: Coco Smithy. We give him the ore, And he says... Adamantite?! Give me that old sword. I'll give it new life.
1: And we hand over the Sword of Legend.
0: Yep. And then he dances and does a jump, and then he heads downstairs. And when we follow him, he says, hey, give me some more time. Don't rush me.
1: So basically, we have to go to the moon, and then when we come back from the moon, he'll give us the weapon.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, it takes time to craft a a weapon of legend.
1: Yes, yes, yes. So now there's literally nothing left to do in the underworld for now. Mm Mm-hmm. So we can head up to Baron. Yep. As we remember, the king, his spirit is down there. He said, After you go to the Land of Summons, come see me. We're going to go see him.
0: Yep. All the side quests.
1: So we head down under the throne room, and the king of Baron says,
0: I don't remember the king's voice. Does it matter?
1: Not really, because you've never met the real king, right? The real king has been replaced by a monster every time we met him.
0: So it's like Persona 5.
1: Yes. It's totally like Persona 5.
0: You have no idea what I'm talking about.
1: I have... Oh! I do know what you're talking about now, yes. But
0: I realize... I mean, the game's five years old, but it might be a spoiler, so that's it. Is it
1: only five? I I would be older at this point. Six? Six years. Like, it's had a full, like, remake version of it come out.
0: (laughs) It came out in 2017 in the US. So six years. Six years. Anyway. Okay, so new King of Baron voice. So... You have returned.
1: And the screen flashes yellow and green, and he reappears on the throne, and the room is tinted yellow, the character sprites are all normal colors. Your
0: Majesty, I do not need your pity. Although I have been slain, I have been given eternal power. The summoner that follows you will be able to call upon me whenever my help is required. Call on my sword, and it will be yours. And I was like, sweet, that's a good deal. And David's like, yeah, we're going to have to fight him for it. And I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) However, you must earn my respect by proving your strength and courage. Let us begin the battle. And we fight Odin. Yeah, and Odin is a giant suit of armor, dude. He's got, like, antler horns on his helmet. He's got a sword. Is there a name for that kind of sword that's got the, like, weird shape to the blade?
1: I don't know. I am not enough of a sword guy to know, but yeah.
0: It's a curved blade, it's got a notch taken out of it, but like purposefully. And then he's got a shield. Oh yeah, he's like a blue color with tan accessories, and then he's riding a horse. Although it doesn't look like it's sleeping here. It looks like it's just a four-legged horse. But that's Odin.
1: And the horse is a matching color scheme to Odin.
0: Well yeah, you gotta match your horse to your outfit. <laughs>
1: And so you fight Odin and I did not get farther than like four turns.
0: It seemed like you were doing well at first. So he he
1: starts by auto attacking you and his auto attack is like 200 damage.
0: Yeah. So you're like, sweet. I got this. Rose is praying. It counteracts the damage.
1: Like everybody's doing some pretty high damage in their attacks. Like even just Cecil's auto attack is doing about 2000. Rydia's magic is doing a lot of damage. And then he casts Xantasukin.
0: Zantetsukan. Where's the U? It gets dropped. Oh, so
1: good. anyway, <laughs> it does like four thousand damage to everyone in the party,
0: which is about fifteen hundred
1: more than your highest HP. Yeah. <laughs> so then I go, oh yeah. We read a book that talked about reflecting the damage of the King of Summons, like back, not the King of Summons. Like the God of summons back to him, maybe that will do it, and so I go in and I cast reflect on Rosa, so she can then like cast full life and bring people back and Reflect does nothing the the attack goes through reflect it does and I'm like, oh, so this must be for a different summon later that we need to cast reflect, but holy crap, I can't fight this,
0: <laughs> yeah, you got wiped twice, and we're out,
1: just insta kills, and I'm like, well. I don't know, man. Maybe yeah. maybe I could cast Protect, maybe I could do a bunch of stuff, or I can just, you know, level up a bit and come back, yep. if I come back.
0: As I gonna say, probably not going to come back. Spoiler alert, I think you've you've passed your chance to go back.
1: Also, spoiler alert, even if I could, I don't think I do. <laughs> just saying. Yep. Yeah, so that's our boss battle with Odin. And maybe Lisa will actually go and get him because she's more of a completionist than I am. We'll see.
0: There is a trophy for earning slash learning all of the summons that are available. So we'll see.
1: And spoiler alert, there'll be another one on the moon that we'll have the opportunity to go get. And I will not do the work to get either. Yeah. We'll see if Lisa does.
0: Yep. Okay. We'll basically see if Lisa can go back and do that. (laughs) So, so much for side quests. I
1: was going to say, so that wraps up our side quests. That we can still do here on Earth.
0: That we're willing to do.
1: Sorry. That wraps up our Earthbound side quests. That so, we're willing to do. That I'm willing... Yeah, that we're willing to do. <laughs> so then we head to Mysidia. And the Elder meets us as we walk in. Yep. We knew you would return. Please join us at the Tower of Worship. And the screen fades out. And a cloud background appears. With the old Mysidian legend that we've heard, that we've read before. The whole, like... One born of a dragon, na 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 We've seen it a couple times. We know this legend. It's basically Cecil's the chosen one. He's going to fly the lunar whale. Cool.
0: Yep. <laughs> Yay for prophecies. Yay! So when we come back, we are on top of the tower. On the left are four black mages, and on the right are four white mages, and we're in the middle, and the crystal music is playing. So you know it's some kind of ethereal thing going on. Everyone! Let us pray. Now is the time to make the legend come true. And all of the mages and the elder are just bowing out towards the sky, I guess. I don't know.
1: <laughs> and the screen fades out. And we're on the overworld and the whole ocean
0: start to shake. Look! Our prayers! They have been answered. And now it's slightly darker. Like the sky is darkened kind of thing. And the ocean's still shaking. But then a ship rises out of it and is glowing. There's no doubt! That is the great and glorious vessel itself, the Lunar Whale! And there's triumphant music!
1: And tell me your first impressions as on seeing the lunar whale rise, Lisa. I
0: think I was expecting it to be bigger. Wow. I mean, I guess now that I think about, like, next to the Falcon, it is it is several times larger than that. I don't know what I was expecting. Did we talk about this last episode, how in my imagination I was picturing the fish from Link's Awakening? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, I was disappointed it was not that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you were disappointed it was a ship after all?
0: Yeah. I was hoping it would still be a whale. A
1: strange voice addressed me during our prayers. It told me you are to fly to the moon, and that someone awaits you there. But how can we possibly get there? Cecil being a total himbo, this whole (laughs) thing that they have just been praying for rises up out of the water. He was told to go get it, to go to the moon, and somebody's like, you should fly to the moon. How? Maybe the giant ship that came out of the ocean, Cecil. (laughs) Yeah. In fact, the Elder says, On the lunar whale! (laughs) According to our ancient Mycidian documents, there is a crystal inside the ship that allows navigation between here and the moon. You must communicate with it. I'll see what
0: I can do. And And then we just, like, peace out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, on the overworld... It puts you on the left of Messidia, and it puts the Falcon on the right. So you have to go on the whale. Mm-hmm. You can't do nothing else. We board the Lunar Whale. Mm-hmm. What does it look like inside?
0: It looks like the Tower of Babel. So it's got that machiney look, and it's got the, you know, the, like you're walking on on metal grates instead of a solid floor, and there's machines everywhere. If you walk south. There's a fat Chocobo on board, which is kind of cool. You don't have to summon it. He's chilling. And then there are pods for sleeping. And this is like the last ship we got in Final Fantasy III, where you can be on board and then leave and come back instead of just the little sprite of the ship flying around. So Mm. there are blue spaces on the floor that you stand on to exit and come back.
1: There's a gold crystal in the middle. And if you talk to it, it'll take you to the moon If you talk to it while you're on the moon, it'll take you back to Earth.
0: Yes. And then there's a a lever that if you interact with that, that's when you get to fly it around whatever planet you're on. Yep. Or or moon.
1: And our first time talking to the crystal, the screen flashes, the ship rises up, and we have a cutscene of flying to the moon.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. It's very Star Toursy, where it's first person point of view, like the moon's coming, at, like getting bigger, coming at you as you're going.
1: That's no moon.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so you get to the moon, but before we talk about the moon, I want my sword. So I, I fly back to Earth because <laughs> I've given him plenty of time now, and now I've got the lunar whale and I can fly. So I fly back to the Falcon, take the Falcon back underground. And I go to, back to Coco Smithy
0: and walk up to him and he says, It's ready. I don't remember the voice I used like five seconds ago.
1: <laughs>
0: Is that the voice I used? It's ready. The holy sword Excalibur. Use it well. So that's the name of the sword. It's I, Excalibur. I was right.
1: Yep. <laughs> it was Excalibur Masamune, according to you, and it was Excalibur. Yeah. So now we go back to the moon. Mm-hmm. What does
0: the moon look like, Lisa. The moon looks like the moon, like just every fictional representation you've seen of the moon where it's just a tannish yellowish color and there's lots of craters and there's lots of mini mountains and rocks everywhere. You know, it's the moon. (laughs)
1: Lots of little rock formations that look like faces. Yep. And so basically there's just several caves and... There's a central tower in the central west side. And then there's like a bullseye
0: area with a cave on the central east side. Mm -hmm. The tower is very pretty, by the way. It's a crystal tower. It's like blue and green and sparkly. It's very cool.
1: And so basically we're going to have to go through a couple caves to get to the tower. Mm -hmm. And then we could go over if we wanted to the cave.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And the cave is where the last summon is. Yes. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that cave right now as our side quest piece. And then we'll do the main quest thing. Now, confession time, I did not get past the second level of this cave. Yeah. I was like, this is way too hard. I don't feel like grinding. Sorry to anyone who wishes that I had finished it for their sake. But this is the Cave of Bahamut. So what does the Cave of Bahamut look like, Lisa?
0: It looks like a a basic gray
1: cave. Basic gray cave. And we've got enemies. We've got the Selene Guardian. Selene Guardian
0: looks awesome. She looks like a superhero. She's got a purple outfit on with shoulder pads. She's got a shield and a sword and her blonde hair is flowing. And she's in that like superhero landing position where the one knee is bent and the other one's on the ground. She's awesome.
1: We've got the Dark Sage.
0: The Dark Sage is the same sprite as the Bog Witch from earlier, but different colors. So she's more of a, a tannish skin color with blonde hair and then a dark blue cloak.
1: We've got the Giant Warrior.
0: The Giant Warrior's awesome. It looks like like a Megazord or, you know, any, any Super Sentai show from Japan. Like, it looks like that kind of guy. He's red with green accents and like a laser cannon on his shoulder. I don't know what. He's awesome, though. And we've got
1: the Bone Dragon.
0: The Bone Dragon is also awesome. It is purple. It's the bones of a dragon. It's cool. And it's really cool. There's in this cave, there's a bunch of
1: chests with a full Genji set of armor and helm and gloves and shield.
0: So you can get a full set of Genji gear. But as you're walking around, you come to a path that's blocked by a guy in a purple robe.
1: And when you talk to him, you fight a behemoth. Mm -hmm. And the behemoth is rough.
0: (laughs) Well, first, let me tell you what he looks like.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, He looks very similar to the behemoths from other games. It's a big lion boar thing. I don't know what to call it, but it's huge. It's purple. It's muscular. It's got a really big mane. And then it's got like yellow claws and yellow teeth and red spikies on its back.
1: And this thing hits like a truck. It wiped out everyone except for Ridia, and I think Edge had like two hit points, and Ridia had like 50.
0: Yeah, you didn't think you were going to beat it.
1: No. I literally was thinking I was just going to wipe and move on, but I just let the two of them auto attack one last round, and they survived. So, yep. cool. And then you head down a level, and there's another one blocking a path, and I was like, nope, I'm out. I'm not even making it to Bahamut. Yep. So, Lisa... Just for the sake of our audience at home, what does Bahamut look like?
0: Bahamut looks like a purple-blue dragon, and he's like flying in air, and his tail's all curled behind him, and he's got big old wings, and he's a purpley-blue indigo, if you will, color.
1: Bahamut's always my favorite summon. I'm very sad I'm not going to get him this game. But, yeah. (laughs) Not worth. Not worth. Okay, so that wraps up all of our side quests, I believe. Mm Mm-hmm. Time to get back on the main path. In fact, as we're getting on the main path, we're going to go through the Western Lunar Path.
0: (laughs) Yeah, which is the first of the paths that we need to go through to get to the Crystal Tower.
1: They're basically caves that we walk through, and they look like...
0: Basic caves. They're all in a cool gray color. Cool color temperature-wise, not necessarily like, awesome. You know, they're just basic caves.
1: There you go. And I'm going to just treat both of these paths as one. So we've got some old favorite enemies. We've got the black flan and the balloons, and we've got some new enemies. Mm-hmm. We've got the we've got the eukaryote and the prokaryote,
0: and we say those together because they're the same sprite. They're very much like amoeba alien looking things. One of them is a green, like a mint green teal color, and the other one is pink with purple. I don't know which is which.
1: We've got the Abyss Worm.
0: The Abyss Worm is the sandworm sprite. So the the worm with just a bunch of teeth and it's gross. This one is red with purple little spiny thingies on it.
1: And along the way we pick up some stardust, a lunar curtain, and a golden apple. Whoop whoop. And we make our way through all the caves and on the surface of the moon and we come up to... The Crystal Palace.
0: The Crystal Palace? The Crystal Palace. Do we get to eat with Winnie the Pooh and friends? Wow.
1: Nice <laughs> pull. Nice pull. Thank you. All right.
0: So we walk in and what do we see? And we s- here, Well, the crystal music starts playing. I love that. It makes me happy every time. So the floor is stone brick and the walls are gray and they've got like panels on them and there's pillars It's the most elegant-looking building we've been in, because even the wall panels have, like, designs carved into them. And then there's, like, areas with carpet, it looks like. There's red carpet around two spots, one on the left, one on the right, and one of them heals your HP and heals status effects, and the other one restores your MP. And then in the center is red carpet that leads to, like, a grayish-green throne that looks like it's just hanging over a pit. And we hear, Welcome! And there's a spark of light that comes down from the ceiling and it flashes and an old man appears on the throne. He's got a purple robe on and a long white beard and two little antennae on top of his head. Mm -hmm. You are, once again, Cecil with all of his tact and everything.
1: I am Fusoya. My duty is to protect the slumber of the Lunarians.
0: The Lunarians?
1: Many years ago. A small planet between Mars and Jupiter was on the verge of destruction. Its inhabitants escaped on a ship to the blue planet.
0: The what? Ah, yes, I'm
1: referring to your Earth. However, they were in the midst of evolving, so they created a moon where they could sleep a long slumber. So that's where the Lunarians come from. However, there was one who refused to sleep. Instead... He wished to raise everything on the blue planet and create a new home there. How awful. I was able to seal him away with my powers and force him into a deep sleep. But in spite of this, he was able to channel his evil into the corrupt inhabitants of your planet. Now, he uses them to gather the crystals.
0: Then he must be the one behind Golbez's actions.
1: Who is this lowlife? His name is Zemus. He is gathering the crystals, our energy source, to activate the dimensional elevator in the giant of Babel. Then, he intends to destroy everything on your planet. No! So it's at this point where I stop everything, and I look at Lisa, and I go, So do you see now why in the first episode, when you asked me if I had a sign-off, I couldn't really just go... Thanks for joining us on our journey to defeat Zemus.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's also at this point that I'm like, when did Final Fantasy become sci-fi?
1: Um now.
0: Yeah. And I know that they they definitely walk the line between fa- traditional European fantasy and sci-fi and sometimes they intermingle back and forth. But so far, we've been heavily in the Dungeons and Dragons tavern kind of age. And now all of a sudden, we're at the moon. We have names like Zemus and Fusoya. And like, it's, yeah, it's just like, what? What? Okay. <laughs> Except
1: for the fact that we've always had airships. Like from the dawn of Final Fantasy till now. So even that is.
0: But they look, they used to look like pirate ships and such, which is old timey, just flying. So that's like steampunk, not necessarily. I don't know. Anyway.
1: And steampunk is sci
0: fi. That's why I'm saying, I'm like, okay, no, but like they used to look like pirate ships, even if they were flying, Mm -hmm. versus, you know, they're all metal now with computers and stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So to be fair, Final Fantasy has a lot of push and pull with that fantasy, European fantasy elements versus sci-fi elements. You're going to get a lot of that push and pull as we go. Yeah. There's, there's Mecca. There's a lot of this kind of stuff. There's a lot of science stuff. This is not the last time we'll go to the moon.
0: What? (laughs) Spoiler.
1: Um, this is not the last time we'll be in space, but, um... (laughs) Yeah, that, that, that's just a big push and pull that's going to always happen and for good and for yeah. ill.
0: Yep. So As I say, I'm not opposed to it. It's just, it seems to come out of nowhere yep. in this game, but I don't know.
1: Oh, in this game, it definitely comes out of nowhere, <laughs> except for the little bits of foreshadowing we have with the Tower of Babel.
0: Yep. And yeah. still, still wasn't thinking I'd end up on the moon, though, at that point.
1: I mean, Golbez has been saying he wants to go to the moon for the last half of the game.
0: That doesn't mean that we're going to join him there. Of course it does. (laughs) The
1: the bad guy wants to go there? Of course we're going to go there. (laughs) I don't know why that was not, like, foreshadowed to you. That was heavy.
0: Um, I don't know.
1: There you go. (laughs) So, yeah. We've got a bunch of Lunarians on the moon, and... I couldn't just tell you, join me on their quest to stop Zemus, because it'd be, stop who now?
0: Yeah, exactly. And
1: we've been playing this game for 30 hours, and we've just now heard about Zemus. Yeah. (laughs) Very much like Persona 5, (laughs) where the bad guy all along was not revealed until the final act of the game.
0: Of course not. (laughs) It's a JRPG. There you go. So Rosa leaves off with, no.
1: However... Many of us feel like we can come to an understanding with your people of Earth. Those Lunarians are merely sleeping, waiting for your people to reach the right level of evolution.
0: What about the Lunar
1: Whale? That was built years ago by my younger brother, Kluya, as a transportation to the Blue Planet. He had always dreamed of visiting unknown lands. The Devil's Road and the airship technology were also born of his desire to explore. On the blue planet, Kluya fell in love and had two children. You are one of his children.
0: And it's at this point where I had the thought, I feel like there's a deeper meaning to these names that I should be getting. There's a reference in them or something, or they're, you know, they're, Fusoya is got to be, you know, three different elements that they just combined the elemental names of or something. It just, it, in my head... It felt very like Lego movie and, and the craggle, we which you then find out, oh, it's crazy glue. It's not some like foreign magical substance like it sounds like.
1: Yeah. That could be. It could also be like developers' names or something, like
0: Well yeah. Well I I, I think it's just this was my brain trying to figure out the sci fi element all of a sudden and so There anyway. you go. So at this point, you know, after this big reveal, the music changes.
1: This big reveal in air quotes.
0: It's a big <laughs> reveal. You find out your dad's from space. Okay. So Cecil goes, me? Then the voice I heard on Mount Ordeals was...
1: The voice came from the soul of Kluya, your father. I see it now. You resemble him when he was your age.
0: That was the voice of my father. He lives in you. (laughs) Nice.
1: You have received your power from Kluya to stop Zemus and his evil plan. You must do this for your own planet. And for all Lunarians, you must hurry to the Tower of Babel in Eblon. The Tower of Babel. How are we going to get around its barrier? I should be able to enter. We cannot let the giant of Babel reach the blue planet. I will join you on your journey.
0: Lunarian Fusoya has joined the party. So now we're going to stop a giant
1: (laughs) that's living in this tower because Golbez has been manipulated by Zemus. Into gathering the crystals in order to destroy the Earth. Yep. So Zemus is one of those bad guys who wants to destroy the Earth because his stuff isn't on it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Most
1: bad guys want to rule the Earth because they don't want to destroy it. Their stuff's there.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: But Zemus is like, no, no, no. I've got a moon, so I'm just going to destroy the Earth Mm because I don't need it.
0: Because even though there's like this sci-fi element to it, they don't understand that the, the moon needs the Earth I guess.
1: Well, they created this moon. Remember, there was only one. We learned. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We learned from the land of summons there was only one moon. You're right. And we just learned from F- Fustroda that they came down and they were going to go to Earth and they were like, mm, "We're going to evolve a bit up here, so let's create a moon and we'll take a nap."
0: Yes, and Zemus yes.
1: was like, "No, destroy, destroy, destroy." Zemus was very tang- Tangry? Mm-hmm. Is Tangry tired angry?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He needed a nappy poo, but he was too angy, and so he decided to blow up the earth.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And even though he was nappy, and they, they, got, they finally put him down, they like shoved a sleeping pill in him or something, his evil spirit still seeped down and took over people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah. So we party in, we've got the old guy in our team. And we can go into the Crystal Palace's uh, back room and we see a bunch of uh, blue and orange crystals just like existed in the Tower of Babel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you can walk up and you can talk to these crystals.
0: What do they say to you?
1: They tell us how the Lunarians are sleeping, how Zemus is growing stronger, but he's still trapped in... And that he's, like, put up a counter barrier. Yes. <laughs> so it's like...
0: They're keeping him in, but he's also keeping them out. So
1: he, it's like they locked the door, and he was like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to put up walls. So you, even if you open the door, you can't come in. Ha! Yep. And then they talk about the fact that it's the balance between the moon crystals and the earth crystals that keeps the moon in orbit.
0: So, yeah, so they do need the earth. <laughs>
1: I mean, they need the earth crystals that they put there. They they put the crystals there. I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't know, man. I'm sure, sure the giant of Babel isn't going to destroy the Tower of Babel. So maybe Zemus is just like... Da, but da. Anyway. The... Or, you know, it could just be the bad guy hasn't thought out his plan very well. That's never happened before. Mm-hmm. Evil being self-destructive. That's like the core premise of all of Tolkien's work. Is that... Evil is inherently self-destructive. Which, you know, is also the core premise of Christianity, but whatever.
0: <laughs> there you go.
1: <laughs> so yeah, anything else you want to talk about before we head back down to Earth?
0: Nope, let's get out of here.
1: Let's get out of here. So we jump back in the Lunar Whale, we head back to Earth, and then something
0: starts happening. The Lunar Whale just shakes violently, and then so we're on the deck, and Ridia goes, Ah! The Tower!
1: We are too late. What do you mean, too late? The Giant of Babel will come forth. And the scream fades to the overworld. Red lights start flashing in front of the Tower of ba- Babel, and a giant blue mech appears.
0: Mm hmm. He starts, he takes a couple steps out, and then shoots a laser in an arc in front of him. And there's explosions everywhere. And then he takes another couple steps, does the same thing, and keeps just walking and lasers and walking and lasers. Rydia goes, no! Damn it! Is there nothing we can do? What's that?
1: And we have a bunch of dwarven tanks rolling up. Cheers, love, the cavalry's here!
0: Cheers, love, the cavalry's here!
1: Dorvin tanks ready to fire! We'll fight
0: alongside you for the planet, our home! Lolly ho! And then we go to a, the interior of a different tank. And there's someone familiar at the helm.
1: I could not lie in bed and leave the responsibility of fighting to my friends.
0: It's Yang! He's in there with a couple of the sylphs and some other dwarves. And
1: the tanks all fire at the mechs, and
0: next come the airships. Yep, so the tanks come up from the south, the airships come in from the right, and on the deck of the first airship, we see Sid. You can relax now! With my help, this'll be a cinch! All engines to full power! Yes, sir! And then we go to another airship.
1: And on this one, we see all the people from Mycidia, as well as... Palom. And Porum. They've been unstoned. Yay! Hey, y'all. Miss me? The
0: Elder restored us. You should not fight this battle alone. We must all fight for the sake of our survival. And then we go to yet another airship. And there's another familiar person on there.
1: Our good friend Edward, who's been gone for so long, I do not remember his voice, even though I've butchered all of my voices today, I can already tell. No worries. (laughs) Just go for it. I'll fight with you, Cecil, and with your courage you have given me.
0: So then we're back on our ship, and I fully expected a third group of something to show up from the (laughs) left side. In my head, it was the army of the dead from Return of the King, but nothing came, and I was like, the unbalance!
1: (laughs) It really, really bothered me. It wouldn't have bothered you if there's nobody coming from the north also? Cause no, because the is in the north. Okay. It was being surrounded by everybody, but
0: okay. It wasn't being surrounded. It was just being two sides. Two sides.
1: All right. Being
0: flanked. Yep. So, anyways, we're back on our ship. Cecil goes, thank you. The giant looks confused. Now
1: is our chance to enter the giant of Babel. I get it. We're going for the core. It's art. Sid... And the airship approaches, and Sid's on board, facing us. Approach its mouth. Who's he?
0: Fusoya, a Lunarian.
1: He's a Lunarian? Can you do this or not?
0: Ah, keep your beard on. There's nothing I can't do. So then the airship flies over towards the mech. Now. Hang on. The airship flies into the mech. And we're inside. Yep. And that's where we're going to leave it. Mwahaha! <laughs> Cliffhanger!
1: I like how Cecil just drops, he's a Lunarian, and Sid just is like, yeah, I've heard of that before.
0: Well, it was the same thing earlier when when you pointed out, like, you know, Edge says, so that's where they came from. And it's like, we've never heard you mention the Lunarians. How Do you even know what you're talking about? Yeah. yeah, but it makes
1: more sense for Edge to act like he knows stuff because that—that's the kind of you know guy he seems to be.
0: Well, but we've also seen Sid adopt somebody on site, so I think Sid's just like you're cool with this guy. All right, let's go. That's fair.
1: <laughs> but also, to be fair, everyone should adopt Riddhi. She's awesome.
0: <laughs> so that's that. That's that. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are, man, this game. This game took a turn, didn't it? Took a
1: turn. How uh, selfish is Cecil also that he's he discovers who his dad is, he also is told he has a sibling, and he doesn't ask about his sibling at all.
0: Well, I think there's two reasons for that. One is, I'm assuming it's Golbez, and so, you know, we can't find that out yet. That's got to be a reveal for later. Or if it's not Golbez, there's some other story reason why they're not revealing it now. The other reason is that He's a himbo. He's got (laughs) one brain cell. It was just blown to smithereens. It's not selfishness. It's stupidity. That's fair. Yeah.
1: So yeah, do you think it's Golbez or do you think it's Cain who's his brother?
0: Ooh. I think I just assumed Golbez because then, you know, the the duality of it. Mm -hmm. But it could be Cain. You know the answer. Or do you not remember?
1: Or do I?
0: You remember. You know who it is. I don't remember. You Really?
1: I have a feeling, but I don't actually remember. I'd have to look it up again.
0: There you go. Well, we'll find out next week when we we finish.
1: We will find out next week when we finish. So yeah. Are you super jazzed to go inside the giant robot and tear out its heart? Yeah, let's do this. And then- No robot revolutions here. And then we have to find Golbez, and then we have to find Zemus, and then we got to do the thing.
0: Yep. All at the end. All at once
1: hmm 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 mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to finish this game and wrap up an excellent game that's definitely going to be number one on my list.
0: Yeah, when we started, I would not have guessed in a million years this is where we'd be ending up. <laughs> so I'm just along for the ride.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. Lisa, if people actually want to talk to us, how can they do so?
0: You can find us on Twitter at Spouses of Light. Or send us an email. We are spousesoflight at gmail.com.
1: Leave us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. We would love to get that feedback. Mm -hmm. And it can help people find the show. Indeed. So if you're enjoying it at all, please, 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 rating and review. We would love to hear from you. Yeah. Without further ado, I'm David. And I'm Lisa. And thanks for joining us on our quest to beat Zemus.
0: Hey. Finally got to say it. Yay. This fantasy is anything but final.